Hello and welcome to the Coffee Gals podcast, brought to you by the team behind the Ottawa Coffee Fest. Bonjour et bienvenue au podcast Café, présenté par l'équipe derrière le Café Fest Ottawa. My name is Mel. Et mon nom est Jen. Every few weeks, we'll be speaking with different people within the industry, so you can get to know more about your favorite local roasters and coffee shops. Let's get started. As a note, this podcast will be in English. We would like to take a moment to thank this episode's sponsor, the Canadian Barista and Coffee Academy. Established in 2001, with campuses located across Canada, the Academy is an open-source barista training, coffee roaster, and coffee shop business school. They strive to improve coffee quality in Canada, one cup at a time, with commitment to your success and growing the artisan coffee movement in Canada. Today's guest is Karen Rebuka, owner of Nogo Coffee Co. The roastery began in North Gorda, Ontario, but as a result of growing demand, Karen eventually upsized the operations to a barn just down the road in Kempville, which is about 50 kilometers south of downtown Ottawa. Nogo Coffee strives to be eco-friendly. They package their product in compostable bags, transport it in reusable boxes, and they use an eco-conscious roaster with extremely low emissions. All coffees are fair trade, organic, and roasted weekly. Hi, Karen. Thanks so much for meeting with us today. Thank you for having me. This is excellent. So can you tell us a bit more about No-Go Coffee Co. and yourself and what got you interested in starting a roastery and roasting coffee beans? Absolutely. I am so excited to talk about my business. I started roasting coffee in 2010, so I'm really proud to say it's... um, no-go coffee's 10th anniversary this year so that's amazing i never dreamed it would um get to this point and so i'm so proud of that i started the coffee roasting business because ultimately i wanted to open a cafe um at the time 10 years ago uh, me and my family and my husband and my children lived in a small town called north gore which is um, just outside of ottawa south of ottawa It's a sweet uh, community, Um, but there wasn't a whole lot there in terms of a cafe and a meeting place for for people. There was um, one great restaurant that's still there today, but I just have always in my life as as well really wanted to um, open a cafe. I'm an artist. I studied art in university, so I've always had this um, amazing dream to bring art to the community that we were living in, as well as um, having a meeting place where everything can kind of combine. Um, But I really wanted to do it right. I wanted amazing coffee sort of at the the helm of the cafe. And I I do find so many cafes um, don't always consider the quality of coffee. So I really, in my opinion, wanted um, great coffee because it's one of the key ways of showing that you care in your cafe business. So I started um, educating myself and doing a lot of reading and um, research and stuff and um, started by purchasing a small uh, home roaster that you can roast small, not even a full pound uh, batches of coffee in. And it was a lot of experimenting, a lot of research. And at the time, I had a friend who worked as a professional cupper for major coffee chains. So he was an amazing resource and he helped me as well with um, blends and creating 
um, amazing tasting, um, yeah, blends and also educated me as well about coffee. So that was a, a very amazing resource to have. And I eventually started roasting so much coffee out of this tiny little roaster um, because I had such demand from friends and family that I was like ultimately getting smoked out of my garage because <laughs> I was just doing it in my garage. Um, so I thought I would purchase a bigger roaster just to make it easier on myself. And there again, I still didn't have a dream of having a roasting business, but I was just still in the research part of, um, you know, what makes good coffee, but it was becoming something else. And so I purchased a larger roaster, set it up in the garage again, and um, with some leftover coffee, I thought, well, I could take it to the North Gore Farmer's Market, um, which was right beside our house. And um, I was able to walk from my backyard to the market, and they accepted my product, my coffee there, and I started selling my coffee at the market. And that was an amazing sort of way as well to get feedback from people and get um i learned a lot from that experience and it sort of became from the farmer's market sales its own thing and that's when i gave it a name and started calling it no-go coffee which is short for north gore the town that we we lived in so it became for me a great small business which really suited my lifestyle so well at the time because i had three small children and I was able to learn slowly because I never set out, as I said, to become a roaster, but I had the luxury of learning slowly. And I have since moved my business to Kempville as I um, eventually, years later, needed a commercial property and more space for the roasting. So we took the risk and we bought a rural property that has an outbuilding on it. And I'm now doing the roasting in that building. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats on your, your 10 years. Yeah, thank you. Um, you were talking about your beans and um, I saw that you currently yes. have uh, 11 roasts available. Uh, can you tell yes. us a bit about them? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I have seven rows. Um, there are times when I have a, a few more um, varieties, but all the coffee I roast is fair trade and organic. And I currently roast seven single origin coffees. I have Sumatra, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Mexico, Ethiopian, Costa Rican, and Honduras. And I've also created some blends, as I was speaking about before. So I've created an espresso blend called Gospresso. It's my favorite blend for sure. It's uh, low in acidity and it's so sweet. It's just amazing for espresso. And I have my signature blend, which is probably my most popular seller. It's called Gotta Go. And it was my first blend ever created uh, 10 years ago. And it's, and as I said, it's one of my best sellers. And um, it's more mellow. It's higher in acidity, a little bit higher in acidity, but it's very smooth. And it has a hint of, I would say a hint of chocolate and um, it's pretty nutty. And I also have an amazing mocha java blend called Java Go. Finally, one of my other really popular blends is called Screaming Rabbit. And there's a story behind the name there. But this blend is, it's resulted from a happy accident with over-roasting my beans. And so I started giving it to some friends who said they like darker roasts. And it, it became its own thing. Uh, most of my coffee is roasted medium or light, um, some medium to dark, 
Uh, so although I'm not a fan of dark coffee, a lot of people are, they really like the screaming, screaming rabbit. So it's a really, um, really popular one. I source my beans from an importer, but I'm super excited because my dream all along um, is to do direct trade. And I have a new opportunity to obtain some beans directly from some growers. So I'm working on this. I'm trying to be patient, but it's sort of a long process. And but I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, that's awesome. What's the what's the story behind the screaming rabbit? When we moved to our new rural property in Kempville, we were here the first two nights getting settled, and we heard this amazingly eerie sound. It was so scary and we thought it was a child or someone screaming and we then um, were speaking to our neighbors the following day and asked them if they had heard that sound they said oh yeah they said that was a rabbit and i had no idea at the time but rabbits can make that that sound and it's the most <laughs> eerie sound ever and it was when we first moved here and i was just getting a, another new roaster set up and um sort of getting used to its settings and so on. And I had, you know, as I said, over roasted the beans. So I thought this is my, um, my new blend, nice. <laughs> screaming rabbit. The welcome to the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Crazy. So what does the roasting process look like for you? You know, you mentioned that you started in your garage and now you've since grown that whole you know, process. So what, what does a regular day of roasting look like for, for no-go? Uh, okay. So I roast every week. Um, I try really hard to keep the coffee super fresh. I think that is one of the, the main sort of tenets of my business is freshness. So I roast in small batches every week, every single Tuesday, actually. And um, the roasting process is done on a 22-pound um, vintage Topper roaster. And currently it's fired by propane and it's fully manual. So there's nothing automated on it. And it's like a direct heating system roaster. So the, the heat comes up and heats the bottom of the, the roasting drum. And um, the beans are, are heated in, within that drum. I also have, um, I'm really proud to say, an afterburner on the, the roaster. So... Um, virtually all of the smoke and smell is burned away um, in the roasting process. So I'm really happy I invested in that um, when we moved, made the move to Kempthal. And uh, so my neighbors hardly know when I'm, I'm roasting. So that's, that's great. It's mostly hot air that just comes out of the chimney. That's awesome. It, it sounds like you've, you know, you've really, over the last 10 years, it, you know, just in talking with you now, um, you know, that's amazing that you've acquired all this, you know, all this knowledge and all this equipment and stuff and, and yeah. you have a network, you know, helping you out and stuff. It's really nice to hear that. Definitely. It's definitely been such an amazing learning process. I've learned so much over these 10 years and I just can't believe how much I've learned. And it's really been a fun business to have because of that learning curve. And I feel like I'm always learning something every single day. It's really been neat that way. That's good. Keeps it fresh, like your coffee. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you're about to roast your beans, do you know kind of what flavor profiles you want to develop? Or is it pretty much just trial and error, depending on where the coffee is from? Well, back when I was sort of establishing what beans I would be roasting, it was trial and error, but not, not so much now. I've worked really hard to come up with um, 
uh, sort of, I guess, a set of beans that are all very different from one another. And I let the beans speak for themselves as each one is so very different. I don't necessarily have a goal of which flavor profiles I want, but I do want to ensure that I have a wide representation of coffees from around the world and that they're roasted in small batches and consumed quickly after they're roasted. Um, it's really important that I source organic and fair trade beans. And um, for example, I worked to get a mocha java blend, uh, a milder like breakfast blend and an espresso blend that is, I believe, second to none. So um, I'm, I'm a big believer in sort of working slowly, as I said before, and finding uh, beans that will be amazing roasted on their own or blended into blends. I'm trying really hard as well in my roasting process to be as consistent as possible. And because it's all manually done by, by me, the roaster is not, as I said, automated. Uh, sometimes it can be tricky with that, especially, for example, with my, my decaf. I've for years found that an extremely hard bean to roast. Uh, but as the years go on, I think I'm getting better at it for consistency. And uh, yeah, that's been a, a really fun challenge in its own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to take a lot of notes and just make sure you're you're consistent and it depends on on the bean itself too so that's that's a cool, a cool challenge yeah for sure um so do you have any uh, any exciting projects that are coming up right now and um how did the the pandemic change anything for you and your your business did it change anything at all yes it did change for me uh not overly hugely, but I supply offices um, with coffee. I had, you know, a fairly large roster of, of um, customers that used my coffee in their office buildings. So I would sell large bags to offices, but that's virtually nothing now because of, of COVID and people working from home. I just made a delivery today um, for the first time in a couple of weeks for an office. So I think slowly things may start to, you know, over time get back to it. But I did lose some business with that. But I'm really grateful for diversity and the fact that I have grocery stores and cafes that are still using the coffee. So I'm, yeah, and personal personal orders. I have a lot of, of customers reaching out to me personally. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I do have, yeah, I, and I do have a couple exciting projects that I've actually had time to work on because I've been a little bit slower uh, with the roasting. I've actually, um, in the last couple of months, renovated a 1998 GMC Grumman Olsen step band to be a mobile cafe. So actually this morning I had someone come to hook up my espresso machine in the truck. So it is almost done and I have the inspections on Thursday. So I'm super excited. It looks so great and I can't wait to get it on the road. That's a, gr a great project. Yeah. And there's probably, you know, with weddings and uh, so many farmers markets, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get a great use out of it. Oh, I hope so. I think it'll be really fun. And one thing I've, and you know, I haven't done because I set out to, to open this cafe is I, I haven't done that. So I now can start serving my coffee and really, you know, showcasing it to people who haven't tried it before through this 
um, mobile cafe. So I am so excited to, to to get out there and do that. Another thing that I'm really excited about is um, I've made a connection with someone who is trying to get coffee um, from his relatives who farm coffee in Jamaica. And um, he's just working on his importer's license. So I, I'm so excited about that too, because um, this man's family owns, you know, property in Jamaica and they're, they've grown coffee for many years there. So I'm really hoping that will work too, because it'll be some direct trade coffee that I'll, I'll be able to start selling. I just hope I can go and uh, visit the farms soon one day. Yeah, for sure. You know, really get to know the story of where the coffee is coming from. This is just kind of going back to an earlier question, but mm-hmm. what to you is like the optimal um, shelf life or like consumption time of, you know, after you, you roast a bag of your beans, how quickly should they be consumed? In my opinion, optimally within two weeks. I do start to notice the coffee changing after two weeks. It's amazing how quickly it does change. Um, Of course, you can drink it past that. Of course, it'll still be amazing coffee after a month or even three months. But um, if you were to consume it within two weeks, it is unlike anything else. And I I strive really hard to, to get the coffee out so that it is cycled through as quickly as possible. That's good. I feel like some people wouldn't have a hard time getting through a bag in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. Um, before you go, can you let everyone know where people can learn more about No Go Coffee Co. and where they can purchase your beans? Uh, I just got a brand new website up and running. And so you can go onto the website and On the website, it will list where you can purchase my beans, what grocery stores you can find it in. And um, the website is nogocoffee.com. So pretty easy. And you can also purchase it online through the website if you prefer that. Thank you so much for listening. Our podcast is available on our website at ottawacoffeefest.ca. Tell your friends and share the love. Je m'appelle Jen et nous sommes les cafés. My name is Mel and we're the Coffee Gals. Thank you and stay tuned for our next episode coming out in a few weeks. Until then, keep supporting your local roasters and coffee shops.